Thank you for listening to our church podcast, where it is our joy to share helpful truths from the Bible. We pray this serves as one more tool to help develop leaders within our church and community who love and honor Jesus and reveal it by loving others. If you have any questions or comments about any of the messages, we invite you to join us on any Wednesday, 6 p.m., for a group discussion on the passages and sermons found here. Will you please turn your Bible to Luke chapter 6? We will read the first 11 verses. If you don't have your Bible, you can also look at the screen and the scriptures will be there. I will read the first verse and after you join it with me on the second verse and continue with me every other verse. Now that's Luke chapter 6, the first 11 verses. Will you please stand and reread these verses? And it came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first that he went through the cornfields and his disciples plucked the ears of corn and did eat, rubbing them in their hands. And certain of the Pharisees said unto them, Why do ye that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? And Jesus answering them said, Have ye not read so much as this, what David did when himself was a hungered, and they which were with him? How he went into the house of God, and did take and eat the showbread, and gave also to them that were with him, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priests alone. And he said unto them, that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath, that he entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. He arose and stood forth. Then, he, then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good? or to do evil, to save lives, or to destroy it. And looking around about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole at the other. And they were filled with madness, and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for another day of life. We constantly thank you and admire your word, enjoy reading it. We love your word, Father. And we appreciate this time that we have to read and listen to instructions. We ask that your blessing be upon the pastor as he delivered the message. This we ask in our Lord, Savior's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we are continuing our study through the Gospel of Luke, and we are in the middle of some battles between the Pharisees and Jesus. If you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we, that's really been the center of what we've been talking about, is the Pharisees and their uh, battles against Jesus. And today's text has two stories, really, that we're combining into one. And they have to do with Jesus' view of the Sabbath. The Pharisees, as you know, had set up an elaborate set of rules in the Talmud that governed every aspect of life. And one of the most important subjects addressed by those rules was Sabbath observance. In the Old Testament, God had commanded that the sixth day, uh, that, sorry, that the seventh day would be set aside from the others, that, that every Saturday 
the Jews would not work. It would be a, a totally distinct day from the others. And if you read in Exodus chapter 20 in the Ten Commandments, you'll find that God gives this command, and it's pretty straightforward. He just says, on the seventh day, don't work. None of you should work. Make it a day of rest. Take a day off. The Pharisees had set up very precise laws about what was defined as work on the Sabbath and what was allowable. Because the, the Old Testament just says, don't work. Well, the Pharisees says, well, what, what constitutes work? And so they, they came up with all of these uh, lists about what was allowed and what was not allowed. In fact, in the Talmud, there's 24 chapters on the subject of the Sabbath. And it's telling you everything that's allowed, everything that's not allowed. And some of them are just absolutely ridiculous. For example, you could throw up an object on the Sabbath and catch it with the same hand. But if you caught it with the other hand, it was a violation. Uh, you could carry nothing heavier on the Sabbath than a dried fig. Or you could carry something half the weight of a dried fig twice. Uh, you couldn't bathe on the Sabbath because the water flowing off you might spill onto the floor and wash it, which would be considered work. Uh, all of these types of things the, the Pharisees came up with. And in, in modern days, there's other examples. For instance, uh, in the Talmud, you're not allowed to light a fire on the Sabbath day. And so in, when electricity started to be used, the Jews decided that to close a circuit uh, would be the same as lighting a fire. Therefore, they can't use any sort of electronics. Uh, when, when I was in Israel, there's, if, if you've ever been to Israel, you know about the Shabbat elevator. Uh, every Sabbath, the elevators, there's one elevator for Gentiles and one for Jews. And the Shabbat elevator is one that allows the Jews to not have to press buttons. And so on the Sabbath day, it stops at every single floor on the way up and every single floor on the way down. And if you're an unsuspecting Gentile like me, you walk into the Shabbat elevator on Friday night or Saturday, and you don't realize uh, it's going to be a long time before you get up to the top. But this is the type of stuff. Modern day examples, uh, the elevator, another one is, is food preparation. I knew somebody who lived in New York City. He grew up there as a boy, and he would make money by going to the Jewish communities there and uh, basically taking their food from the fridge, putting it in the microwave, and pressing the button because they weren't allowed to do that on the Sabbath. And so he'd collect money from them each, each Saturday. It seemed like a good business idea for a little boy. Uh, but they had all sorts of elaborate rules about what was allowed, what was not allowed on the Sabbath day, and they still do to this day. What caused the conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees was that Jesus did not abide by their rules. Uh, Jesus kept the Sabbath. He didn't work on the Sabbath, but he didn't abide by their man-made rules that were uh, added to Scripture. Our text begins with one such violation. Luke chapter 6, verse 1 says, It came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first that he, Jesus, went through the cornfields, and his disciples plucked the ears of corn and did eat, rubbing them in their hands. And certain of the Pharisees said unto them, Why do ye that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? So the disciples are walking through a grain field of some sort, maybe corn, maybe barley, something like that, and they're uh, taking pieces of it and rubbing it in their hands. It's sort of, we might think of something like uh, taking a shell off of a peanut or something. They're separating the outside to get the food inside and then eat it. Well, the Pharisees considered this sifting, which would be work. Now, uh, you might be wondering, are they allowed to just walk through somebody's field and take the food? Yes, they are. In the book of Deuteronomy, uh, there's a law that basically was given for, especially for poor people or anyone traveling. If you happen to be walking through a field, you were allowed to take uh, anything you wanted to with your hands. You couldn't bring a sickle in and start threshing your neighbor's field, but you could take a little grain with your hands. It was no problem. But the Pharisees had a problem with this because it was on the Sabbath day. And they considered rubbing the grain in their hands to be food preparation, sifting, something that was strictly forbidden on the Sabbath. 
Jesus responds to this objection, verse 3, by saying, Have ye not read so much as this, what David did when himself was in hunger and they which were with him? How he went into the house of God and did take and eat the showbread and gave also to them that were with him, which is not lawful to eat but for the priests alone. Haven't you read the Bible? What a scathing rebuke by Jesus. These were the Pharisees. These are the, the Bible scholars of their day, or they're supposed to be. And Jesus is pointing out a specific passage of the Bible that doesn't fit in their system. These Pharisees had no doubt read about King David and how he had uh, eaten the consecrated bread, but they'd never considered how that text didn't fit in their understanding. By the way, just because a preacher uses the Bible doesn't mean they're preaching the truth accurately. There's a lot of uh, cult leaders, a lot of false teachers that use the Bible all the time. Just because you, you come across somebody on the internet that uses the Bible doesn't mean they're using it properly. The Pharisees were considered to be the best Bible teachers of their day. And yet Jesus repeatedly says to them in the Gospels, Have you not read? <laughs> Don't you know about this text in the Bible? They just, uh, they used the Bible, they read the Bible, and yet their understanding was lacking. They taught the Bible to others, they considered themselves to be experts, but Jesus points, pointed out how they misinterpreted it. So the text Jesus refers to is one where David is running for his life. You remember uh, Saul became very angry, kind of insane, uh, mad at David and started throwing javelins at him and stuff. And so David's running for his life. He's got a group of people that are with him, helping him, protecting him. And uh, they come to the, ta- uh, to the tabernacle, and they're hungry. They're on the run, running for their life. They need food. And he comes to the priest, and he asks him if, if you have any bread for us, anything that we could eat. And he says, well, the only bread we have is the show bread, which is in the, ta- the tabernacle. It was consecrated bread that only the priests were supposed to eat. And David basically ends up eating this bread. And Jesus points to this as an example where God says nothing negative about David doing this. Yes, the rule was the priests were supposed to eat the bread only. But in this situation, it was apparently more important that the men be cared for. So they eat the bread and that God says nothing bad about this. Because observance to a ceremonial law is not as important as helping somebody in need. That's the principle here. Jesus is using this as an example to say, if David could do that, surely it's fine for the disciples to eat a little grain on the Sabbath, especially considering the Old Testament doesn't even forbid this. This is just your man-made rule. Pharisees were demanding that Jesus and his disciples follow their man-made system. Verse 5, Jesus gives us another reason why this is okay. He says, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Jesus' identity as God gives him the authority to approve of the disciples' actions. Son of Man, remember, is the term from Daniel 7. It's a messianic term. That is, God become a human. When God, uh, the Ancient of Days, sets up the Son of Man in Daniel 7 in judgment on the world, Uh, Jesus says, I'm that person. I'm the Son of Man. And so he's claiming to be the very God who instituted the Sabbath day. Thus, he knows what he meant by it. And refusing to allow people to pluck a little grain with their hands was not what he intended. Verse 6, it continues with another situation on a Sabbath. It says, it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. Now, there's not much specificity there. Something was wrong with this man's hand that caused it not to work and apparently had atrophied somewhat so that he couldn't move it. He couldn't extend it. He had no use of his right hand. Verse 7, the scribes and Pharisees watched him, watched Jesus, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. If someone was sick on the Sabbath day, you weren't allowed to help them get better unless it was life-threatening. 
You could put a bandage on somebody who was bleeding out, but you couldn't put any antiseptic on it. You couldn't give them medicine. Remember, the Old Testament says none of this. It says don't work on the Sabbath. This is all man-made rules that the Pharisees had added. So they watched Jesus to see if he would heal this man's hand, because after all, this isn't life-threatening. He can go on in pain another day and be healed tomorrow. And so they're watching Jesus intently, wondering, is he going to violate the Sabbath here again? Verse 8, But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? Jesus wanted to heal the man, but the Pharisees would rather the man suffer another day than violate their strict code of Sabbath observance. Jesus is pointing out that their lack of compassion is far worse than his desire to heal the man. We see this lack of compassion further in the response when he does indeed heal them. Verse 10, it says, Looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand, and he did so. And his hand was restored whole as the other. So Jesus heals the man's hand, and then verse 11, they respond, They were filled with madness. The Greek word there literally means without understanding. They lost their minds. They went insane that Jesus did this. They were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. They wanted to kill Jesus because of this healing. I want to look back on our text and draw a few applications from this. First of all, what do we learn about legalistic religious people from this text? And these might serve as a good warning for us that we not be like the Pharisees. Number one, legalistic religious people live out of devotion to laws instead of love for God. God cares about the heart, not just strict observance of laws. The Pharisees loved their religion more than the God they claimed to serve. They turned their religion into a bunch of rules instead of a loving relationship with God. Mark's account of this same event where the disciples are uh, eating in the field, they're plucking the, the kernels of grain, he adds this detail where Jesus says, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. God had given the Jews the Sabbath and it was supposed to be a good thing. It was supposed to be a blessing to them. It's a day off. God commanded them every week, take one day and rest from work. But the religious leaders had ruined it. They had made it all about what was allowed and what wasn't to such a point they turned the the day that was supposed to be a day off and a blessing into a burden. It became the worst day of the week. The Sabbath, you had to be so careful about what, what you did and what you didn't do. Legalistic religious people live out of devotion to laws instead of love for God. Number two, legalistic religious people elevate personal opinions to the level of scriptural commands. I've said this numerous times over the last few weeks. Jesus was not breaking the Sabbath. Okay? He was not violating Exodus 20. He was breaking their rules, their man-made rules. And they wanted to kill him for it, which shows us that in their mind, their, uh, what they had decided was okay was at the same level as what God says is allowable. They, they elevated their personal opinions to the level of Scripture. And Jesus tried to explain to them why it's okay to heal on the Sabbath. He tried to repeatedly correct their thinking, but they wouldn't listen. They were unwilling to consider that they might be wrong, that somebody else could legitimately have another opinion, because their opinions were elevated to the level of scriptural commands. Number three, legalistic religious people focus on the sins of others. Do you notice in our text, the disciples are walking through a grain field, and the Pharisees are like following them, just watching to see if they're going to do something wrong. I mean, where do these guys even come from? 
And then at the, at the, the next story, it's even more explicit. Luke says that they were intently watching Jesus to see if he would heal on the Sabbath so that they could accuse him. They were blind to their own sin, but constantly pointing out what everybody else was doing wrong. They're actually looking for people to mess up so that they can find a reason to accuse them. Legalistic religious people focus on the sins of others. They try to pull out the little sliver out of their brother's eye, not seeing the beam in their own eye, as Jesus said. Number four, legalistic religious people tend to view rules as more important than people. This might be one of the worst things about the Pharisees. They were so concerned about Jesus breaking the Sabbath, that they didn't care that this man with the messed up hand was healed. They had no compassion for him. They didn't care about him. They could care less if he was in pain. They just wanted to criticize Jesus for violating their rule because they viewed their rules as more important than people. Again, Mark's account adds an interesting detail of this story as well. It says, He saith unto them, Jesus, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil? to save life or to kill, but they held their peace. Verse 5, And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for their hardness of hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. The Pharisees had tried to do all the right things outwardly, but God saw past that to their uncaring hearts. And this grieved and angered Jesus. By the way, this is the only time in all the Bible we're told Jesus is angry. Now, there's other times I suspect he was when he was driving out money changers and ripping the Pharisees, but this is the only time the text explicitly says Jesus was ticked off. He was mad. He was angry because of their hardness of hearts. What was driving Jesus to be so mad was the hard hearts of the religious people. Compassion is a higher commodity in God's economy than strict observance of laws. Jesus said in Matthew 23, "'Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites!' For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, those are spices, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Jesus is saying, you guys are so careful to pay tithes on your spices, but you don't have mercy toward others. You're, you're real big on keeping the Sabbath, but you don't care if someone's hurting. You have no compassion. You can keep your stupid spices because you've missed the whole point. You've missed the weightier matters. You've missed the most important things about the heart of God. Your heart is far more important to God than your outward religious acts. God isn't pleased with a Christian, by the way, who goes to church on Sunday and doesn't care about others. God isn't pleased with us when we just do outward acts of good deeds with no heart of love toward God or others. The ironic thing about this is the Pharisees thought they were pleasing God with their righteous lives. They thought that the, the more they tried to closely follow the laws, the more God was pleased, pleased with them, when in reality they were infuriating the God they claimed to follow. They had missed his heart altogether. I want to read for you a passage from Isaiah 58 that describes uh, the attitude God desired from his people, and you'll see mixed in here, love for others and also what he says about the Sabbath. Isaiah 58, starting in verse 6, says, "'Is not this the fast that I have chosen?' to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, thou, thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. And if thou draw thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, 
and a whole, and the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Notice the view of the Sabbath in Isaiah 58. God wanted the Sabbath to be a delight. It was supposed to be a good thing. He wanted them to delight themselves in God. The life of a follower of God is supposed to be one of joy, not duty. But the Pharisees had reduced it down to a list of rules, and they had, in effect, ruined the relationship God wanted to have with them. What caused all of this? What caused the Pharisees to read the Old Testament and miss the fact that they were supposed to care about people more than man-made rules? How did they get so far off track? And I think the answer is bad Bible reading. If we go back to Luke chapter 6 and verse 3, Jesus says to them, Have you not read as, uh, so much as this, what David did when himself was in hunger and they which were with him? How he went into the house of God and did take and eat the showbread and give also to them that were with him, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priests alone. The Pharisees read the Bible. They read it a lot. They were familiar with the text Jesus brings up. But they had never seen how this text elevates the needs of people above careful observance to ceremonial laws. They'd read the text, but they hadn't got that from it. This is what Jesus is trying to get them to see, that your system that says don't heal someone on the Sabbath is saying it's more important to keep the ceremonial ritual than to help somebody who's in need. And that's not how the Old Testament was meant to be read. Jesus brings up this specific text because it doesn't fit in the mindset of the Pharisees. I had a game when I was a kid, if you want to advance the slide there, uh, called Perfection. Y'all ever played this game? I think it should be called Cardiac Arrest or something. Because uh, what it is, is you set the timer and you have like two and a half seconds, it feels like, to put all of these shapes in the little slots. And if you don't have them all in there in time, uh, there's a little explosion and the pieces just shoot everywhere and it scares you half to death, right? Okay, it's called perfection. Now, some of you are laughing. I think you've played this before. When I was a boy, I remember, uh, I don't know if it was the first time I had played or what, but I was trying to fit a piece into a slot and it didn't quite fit, but I was in a hurry. And so I just decided if I push it a little bit harder, maybe I can get it in there. And I did. And I couldn't get it out afterward because I had jammed the wrong piece into the wrong slot. I wasn't very bright as a boy, apparently. It should have been pretty obvious. You don't have to force the piece in. If it's not fitting in the slot, that should have clued me in that this is the wrong shape. But this is kind of what the Pharisees did with the Bible. They had their system, and they tried to cram passages into it, even texts that didn't fit, like the one Jesus brings up. And that's when you know your theology is an error, when you come across texts in the Bible that just don't fit in your system. And so you just try to cram them and try to uh, explain away this text that just doesn't make sense with your understanding. Now let's give the Pharisees some credit. They did read the Bible. That's better than a lot of Christians. They did try to conform their lives to the Bible, but they misinterpreted it. And this may be the most important statement I say today. There is a way of reading the Bible that reinforces error instead of leading you into truth. I'm going to say that again. I want you to think about this. There's a way of reading scripture that reinforces error instead of leading you into truth. We all have a lens by which we read the Bible, whether we realize it or not. We bring certain presuppositions to the text, and we try to force passages of scripture into those. And the more you're having to do that, the more likely your understanding is wrong. What we need to do in order to avoid reading the Bible like a Pharisee 
is to slow down a bit and let the text speak. Instead of trying to twist the Bible to fit our beliefs, we need to conform our beliefs to what the Bible teaches. That's easy to say, but we all make this mistake sometimes. It frustrates me to no end that after years of reading the Bible and trying to look at it as it is written, I still find myself sometimes realizing I've been totally misinterpreting a text. This happened to me on Friday of this week. I realized I had been misinterpreting Matthew 24 my whole life. I had thought it was about one thing, and then as I was looking at it and seeing certain phrases pop out for the first time, I'm like, I've totally missed the point of this. I had assumed it was talking about one thing, but if you actually slow down and read it, it doesn't fit in my system. Now, one practical suggestion along these lines. Many of us have a tendency to read the Bible looking for things we understand and skimming past those things that we don't understand. And I think that's backwards. Instead of camping out on the passages you understand and quickly moving past the ones that don't make sense to you, let me encourage you, camp out in the texts that don't seem to fit. Stay in the texts that don't make sense at first. Read them and then reread them. Ask God to open your eyes and show you what this text means. Ask someone who knows the Bible better to help you understand this. Read the preceding paragraphs to help you get the context. Look for key words in your text that help unlock the meaning. Don't just read something and say, I don't get that, and move on. Hang out in that text a while until you get it. Otherwise, you may be reading the Bible like a Pharisee. You'll think you know the Bible, and Jesus might say to you on Judgment Day, have you not read? You missed the whole point. Now, some of you are thinking that careful Bible study stuff sounds suspiciously like work, and it is work, but it's the most rewarding and life-giving work I know of. The book that we have This is all we have to get to know our God, and if that doesn't pique your interest to work a little bit to get to know God better, you may want to ask yourself if you know him at all. Bad Bible reading led to the Pharisees' problems. They reduced the Bible to a list of do's and don'ts, and in in so doing, they missed the most important things. They didn't care about others. They didn't truly love God. They had hard hearts that grieved and angered Jesus. May that never be said of us came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first that he went through the cornfields, and his disciples plucked the ears of corn and did eat, rubbing them in their hands. And certain of the Pharisees said unto them, Why do ye that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? And Jesus answering said, Have ye not read so much as this, what David did when himself was in hunger and they which were with him, how he went into the house of God and did take and eat the showbread and gave also to them that were with him, which it is not lawful to eat but for the priests alone? He said unto them, The the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. We hope the message you just heard was helpful to you. It means a lot to us that you would join us for this podcast. For more information about our church and meeting times, visit lbcmiller.com or call us at 219-885-9303. We would love to hear from you.